It's so refreshing in this episode to hear Byron talk about how he shares his therapy sessions with his friends and how being more vulnerable has really deepened his relationships. The shift from seeing emotional honesty as a strength instead of a weakness can allow people to really stop fighting these battles alone in their minds. We cover breakups, anxiety, the impact of social media, holding space for those really tough conversations, being judged for setting some of those boundaries in your life, the stigma around mental health. I really enjoyed this conversation and um, yeah, I hope you do too. When did you first understand what mental health was? Uh, so when I was 19, I went through um, a pretty bad breakup and that at the time was really the first time I felt depression at a really big scale. Um, I was in like an easy job at the time um, and had sort of, I suppose, distanced myself from my friends and things like that and had kind of tailored my life around this relationship. So when it came to an end, so did my meaning and my purpose. And at 19, I had no idea what depression or anxiety was or any of that. Um, all I knew was that I felt absolutely shit. Um, so yeah, so I suppose that was really the starting point for me. That was really the, the point for me where I started to really prioritize my mental health, start to explore what it was um, and try to understand it. For those of you that are listening that don't know what uh, kind of anxiety and depression is, um, Byron, do you mind explaining, I guess, how you experienced um, both depression and anxiety? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, like, um, I suppose the biggest feeling was a feeling of, of lost. I just felt so lost. I felt I had no purpose. I had no direction whatsoever. I had no motivation to do anything. And it felt like my brightest days were behind me. My best days were behind me, which is really sad. You know, when I look back now and 19 year old me, you know, I kind of want to just give him a hug, you know, because that's it's so sad to think that that's at 19 years old. I was thinking that, you know, I still have my whole life ahead of me. And that that was my mindset. That's all I could feel. And so, um, yeah, I would say that's definitely that would be my experience of depression um, and my feeling of it. Obviously, for everyone, it's different. Um, but for me, that that's what it was. And how about anxiety? How did how did anxiety show up in your in your life? Um, so, I mean, anxiety for me is kind of been. It's strange because I have been anxious and I have had panic attacks without realizing I was having panic attacks uh it's not until years later when I've been doing like research on it and looking at the symptoms and what they actually are that I started to realize like shit like you know I'm quite an anxious person you know I I, I might like pick at things or do things not so much anymore but used to do it a lot and used to have certain habits to kind of try and ease my anxiety um I remember when I was I think I was 18 getting on a flight to New York and I felt felt excited to go to New York until I was going up this going up the elevator in in Heathrow and you, there was big glass windows and you could then see the planes and we went up and as soon as I saw the plane we were getting on I felt so sick like to my stomach and couldn't breathe properly like all of my breathing just completely tightened up um and I had no idea what it was I thought I had a stomach bug I literally thought I was about to throw up 
because I had a stomach bug. I was like, oh, I must have eaten something like, you know, and it's not until I, I felt fine. It's, I felt anxious the whole time we were on the flight. It felt like I was going to throw up the whole time we were on the flight. As soon as we touched down in New York, didn't feel sick anymore. And it was like this, it was crazy because I had no idea what was going on. I just, yeah, thought I had maybe ate something wrong, you know, ate a, something that was a bit dodgy and as a result was feeling it. Um, so, uh, and again, anxiety shows up differently for every single person um, and everyone handles it differently. Um, but yeah, I suppose that was probably like, that was a real big moment in my life where I look back and I'm like, damn, like I was experiencing serious anxiety about flying, but I didn't even know I was, you know, that's how uneducated I was about mental health. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting experience for sure. It's really, it's really interesting you say that about um, depression as well, that it's, would you say that about depression as well, that it seems like this is a common thread across the conversations I've had so far and through research that I've done that it's often only in reflection once it's got to a really bad stage that you've spoken to someone and they've kind of made you reflect on it and you realise, wow, there was a quite a long period where I was doing self-destructive things, I was overthinking, I was in a state and it's only through like reflecting that you realize how long you're actually experiencing those issues oh massively yeah absolutely and and it's something that you have to monitor for sure um because i think it's very easy to um fall back into those habits and to do those things you know so it's um like you say about overthinking and and things like that right um you have to almost especially at the beginning until you form almost the, the the healthy habits and um the healthy things in your life you kind of need to be quite proactive around it um and i think like you say like reflection is such a big thing because looking back it, it helps you you know it helps you understand where you where you are at and how you can improve your future um you know neuroplasticity is a thing right it's a real thing so if you're always thinking about the the shit stuff in your life and you're always thinking about what you don't have then you're going to naturally naturally your brain is going to feed that it's going to go that way if you're thinking more about the positive things in your life and you're thinking about the opportunities in your life then over time your brain will move to that as well so it's a choice but it's it's a proactive choice you have to be aware that sometimes your mind is lying to you you know your emotions are lying to you if you're feeling shit and you're feeling like there is no brighter days ahead the chances are that's just the emotional state you're in right in that moment um and you can change it but you have to start being proactive and start almost telling yourself you can you know um and i think that's where it starts yeah that's so interesting you mentioned the the neuroplasticity there and um, one of the things when, when I went through therapy and one of the things of like I had with anxiety was just like almost like compulsive overthinking. Like there were just certain things that would trigger me and then I wouldn't be able to like break that cycle of thinking. And um, I remember they were telling me, and I, I'm not going to be able to remember this word for word, but it's like the phrase they used was like neurons that fire together, wire together. Like your brain's trying to get better at something and try and be more effective. So those pathways that you keep repeating in the same way that if you try and get better at sports, you do the same movement, your brain starts to learn them and do it automatically. And my brain had just wired these thought loops so well together that I couldn't break them. If I had a trigger that would just cause this negative um, kind of like thinking loop. Um, what, what, what were some of the, 
I guess the negative habits that you kind of reflect on and realize that you were doing that were kind of causing some of the the kind of negative behavior um at the time when I was I remember like a big one for me when I was like 19 and going through that experience obviously with COVID and you know obviously I've had situations you know since then as well that have also been challenging but I remember particularly at that time probably a big one was social media um going through social media and just constantly comparing like constantly and constantly thinking someone you know is is further along in their life or look better or look happier or whatever right and instead of just enjoying my life you know and I think that's that's a big thing about social media we can be so busy watching other people um and and how great their lives are that we just forget to enjoy ours and it's it's great that other people are enjoying theirs, you know, and you should definitely always champion that. Um, but you should also, I think, prioritize yourself too. And remember that, you know, quite often social media is a highlight reel and, um, and it's important to, yeah, really prioritize yourself and just enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy your life. That's so well said about social media, just in, like you just you get obsessed with watching other people's lives tip by and you're losing focus on what's going on in your own is that um is that something you managed to stop doing now or is that something you still struggle with yeah um still struggle with it a bit um but what i'd now do is delete the apps so i delete the apps and then i just download them for a particular pa- uh, like period of time to reply to messages see what my friends are doing all that kind of stuff and i'll and then i'll delete it straight afterwards again um i find that helps so much so much because otherwise you literally can spend hours on social media and it's like oh i really need to get that thing done you know and you know that thing will move you towards your goals it will make you feel better once it's done right but it's just so easy to pick up your phone just flick through and see what other people are doing right um so yeah that's why i do that it's it's to almost you know what we were talking about earlier about healthy habits and forcing your forcing those healthy habits to begin with for me to shake you know social media i just delete it i get rid of it it's sort of it's sort of like how if you want to lose weight don't have junk food in your house you know if you want to if you want to get healthy physically if you have chocolate bars and crisps around the house all the time you're going to have temptations right if you don't have them it's going to be easier to like stick or stick with the diet and eat well and all that kind of stuff and i think it's the same thing when it comes to our phones you know and what we do and what we and who we engage with as well you know it, that even comes down to like people and yeah it's a whole whole other topic but you know i think um junk values are really a thing that need to be be assessed and i think it's something that we can just um i know johan hari talks about this a lot like you know the junk values thing and and stephen bartlett touches on it as well um about you know how we are kind of almost in society forced and pushed um to have junk values and we so it's important that we're being proactive um and protecting our energy and protecting ourselves such a good yeah that's such a good way of dealing with it the um it's something I'm struggling with at the moment is it's, I wouldn't go as far as phone addiction, but it's three, four hours a day I'm using on my phone. But, and it's, I was speaking to my friends about kind of a more serious subject and one of them suffers um, with porn addiction. And he was like, because I've got my phone on me, it's like a cocaine addict walking around with a bag of Coke in their pocket the whole time. And it's the same with our phones. We can't like, 
And also, it's like if I'm feeling anxious, it's a vicious cycle because I'll be like, for some reason, scrolling social media like numbs the like anxious feelings that I get. Also, probably perpetuates it, but for some reason, it numbs it. Um, and yeah, it, it's one of those ones where deleting it is the. It, it's sad that it's got to that point, but um, they're just so they're just they're they're built by psychologists to be as addictive as possible. And uh, yeah, that's so true. It's, it's weird as well, because when I do speak to people about it and, you know, if I if I meet some people or whatever, I'm like, oh, do you have Instagram or whatever? And, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'll have to put it into your phone or add you later because I don't have the phone. I don't have the app downloaded. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, I just don't have the I always delete the apps like, you know, and I don't use them. And a lot of people find it quite weird, but it just I suppose it's whatever helps you. Right. And it helps. Um, yeah. And helps kind of you. And, and I found it been it be the most sort of effective way um otherwise yeah i mean i've muted notifications and stuff like that but then i just go back on it anyway so it didn't really you know it doesn't really do much i want to this is a topic i've kind of um yeah again spoken about with my friends is um changing like feeling like if you do something to protect your mental health or protect your energy whatever it is that sometimes you can get judged for it because it might go against um I guess whatever the social culture is at the moment, or you may get judgment from friends, coworkers. Is there anything that you've changed that you've kind of noticed people making a comment on or um, judging in any way? Um, I mean that for sure. Like you know the fact that I don't have social media apps on my phone. I think a few people find that strange. Um, what else? Uh, when I say a journal sometimes some people react a bit differently to that um you know i think having therapy is like becoming more and more of a, a talked about thing now and i'm extremely open that i have therapy you know i'll talk to my friends about a session that i had with my therapist if i thought it was really good you know if i feel like it, it's great to share i'll be like oh, yeah, i had this therapy session the other day and it was you know a game changer because of this and this and this um so because i think personally it's important to normalize the conversation around therapy and like all of that you know and, and pr protecting your mental health and prioritizing your mental health i don't think it should be anything to be ashamed of i think every single person should have therapy i think if everyone had therapy so many so many less you know um people would struggle a lot less for sure um it, it really does help definitely um so yeah i don't know there's i don't i actually don't meditate which has been something i've wanted to do for a while um i know a few few of my friends do um i don't know what kind of reactions they get from from doing that um but yeah i'm trying, trying to think i'm trying to think if there's anything else but nothing else that kind of pops into my mind thank you for thank you for sharing that um thing about uh therapy as well and that you've opened up to your friends about that was that was that like did you consciously think I should be sharing this with my friends or was it just a natural um kind of a natural reaction to share yeah um definitely a bit of both I think there's still a big stigma surrounding therapy um and people going to therapy I think people see it as like a really big deal when they you know they almost keep putting it off because they're like oh I don't know like they almost don't know what to expect and and everything else and um 
Yeah, so I kind of do it for that reason, for sure. I want to try and normalize it as much as possible. But also, I just, I find all of this so interesting. You know, whenever I find something, find something out new about myself or about mental health as a whole, I just love to share it. You know, I, I just, you know, hence why we're, we're, you know, hence why we're friends, right? Like we're good friends because of that. Like we both have this common interest and um, it, it's such a great thing. I think, I think being able to have conversations about um, mental health and prioritizing your mental wellness is such a beautiful thing. And I don't think anything bad could come from that. But I think it's so beautiful when companies pay for therapy for their employees. I think that's just such a great thing to do and what every company should be doing, um, regardless of if it's about work or not, because essentially, you know, it's a win-win, right? Like if your employees are feeling better about themselves and they're developing and growing, then of course they're going you know, to perform better at work, right? So yeah i just i don't see it as a bad thing at all and i think it's um yeah something that that should be prioritized yeah i mean the difference between like an employee that is anxious and on edge and not being able to understand their emotions compared to someone that's gone through therapy it's like whatever money you can put into like personal development or courses for people will be outdone by someone having a real strong grip on their mental um well-being for sure um yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, the other bit that um, I just thought was um, when you brought up therapy to your friends, what was the, what was the conversation like? How did, how did they react and has it sparked further conversations about their own mental health? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, so I think for me, the biggest thing was when I started Grey Matter, that really stemmed the conversation around mental health for me and my friends. Um less so the therapy stuff i think purely because we were doing mental health related things with gray matter anyway um that that was almost a big enough catalyst but even when we are talking even when i do talk about therapy now they do definitely take an interest in it and i think um i think you know some of them have even said like they want to start therapy i don't think they have yet but um you know it's almost started that thing where they're like yeah actually i want to do that and it's opening that up to them which i think is a great thing um but definitely when i you know when i started gray matter the conversations i had with my friends were unbelievable like i got to know them on another level you know bearing in mind i've known some of my friends for like over 10 years and then all of a sudden they were opening up to me in a way they never have in those 10 years you know 10 15 years which was um, unreal, you know, it was so beautiful. It, it brought us together and, and now it kind of has got to that point where for a few of my friends, especially, um, you know, I, they, we have those types of chats, you know, if I'm like, how are you doing? And they'll, they'll just be honest. Like, they're like, well, I'm okay, but you know, this has happened and this has happened. And like, you know, we'll just dive into it and talk about it. And I think that's such a great thing, you know, and I think if everyone could have that and do that, like, think about how many less people would be struggling, you know, just being able to be honest with their friends, rather than going back to what you were saying earlier about those people that are like, oh, man up and just get on with it, or whatever. They're probably the people that are saying that are probably actually struggling. Um, so yeah, I think we need to change the perception. I think vulnerability is strength. And I think it's important that more people became aware of that and started to see that 
Um, I think a lot of people, and I think there's still a huge amount of stigma around being vulnerable as being weak. It's not. It's being open, but it's not being weak. It's being strong because being vulnerable is fucking scary. And if you can be vulnerable, then... Yeah, if you can be vulnerable to other people and yourself, most importantly yourself, um, then you can fucking do anything, you know. And and so going back to what you were saying earlier about employees and you know working, you know, working in companies and all that kind of stuff, if people are able to break down those barriers, if they're able to get through those blocks and become honest and open with themselves and undo maybe trauma or setbacks or whatever it may be, think about how much how much more they will how much stronger they will feel, you know, they'll feel so much stronger. They'll feel better. Um, and yeah, ultimately they'll, they'll probably get so much more out of life because of it. Um, so yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think there's a really important needle to thread what you were, um, saying there about if, if you open up that creates space for other people to be vulnerable. It's one of the things why, um, in for example, in in comedy um, or in sales, to get people to like you quicker, the the first thing they do is be really vulnerable. They'll share something really um, like personal about them. It's a tactic people use in psychology to get you to open up, but in a really nice way. If you open up to your friends, you are creating that deeper relationship, that more beautiful relationship. So the way I always like think about it myself, and it lines up with exactly what you were saying, is you are stopping yourself having better relationships with your friends and family by not opening up you are and connection and friendship and um love are all the things that people value the most at, at the end of the day um and you are reducing the, the ability to have the best relationship possible you're reducing your productivity and happiness in those things by not opening up um so it's it's i'd I, i'd see it as like a trade-off if you if you don't want to be vulnerable, then you're just foregoing better relationships. So that's, it's, it's a, it's a different way to, to look at it, but it's uh yeah, I think it's so important. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes, it takes friendships to like another level, you know, um, when you're able to kind of break down, break down those barriers and have those conversations. Um, and it's such a great thing because, yeah, me and me and my friends have such a great relationship because of it, you know, and we're able to be honest with each other and look out for each other. And because we know each other so well, we know if something's up, even if they haven't voiced it yet, if they haven't felt that felt that comfortable to voice it yet, you know. Um, and I think that's such a great thing, being able to see those cues and being able to support each other and just be there for each other, um, you know, is, is such a great thing. So, um, yeah. Um, I think one thing that people are often concerned about is if their friend comes and goes, uh, they've got this problem, they've got this really serious issue, they've got an issue with their mental health, is how to handle it. A lot of people are scared to say the wrong thing or they're, not, they're afraid they're going to have the wrong thing to say. Is there any um, advice or things that you've done when friends have opened up to you or things you'd wish people had said to you in those moments that um, could help someone? Yeah. Um so the biggest thing is just listen that that's it like for some situations you're not going to be able to say the right thing um and that's okay so quite often what 
works and what helps is just op asking open-ended questions my one of my oldest friends has recently gone through an extremely traumatic experience he just lost a child and um yeah and like as a result he's you know it's hard right like it's it's what do you say in that moment you know and i, I kind of realized there's nothing i can say that's gonna help that right nothing nothing's gonna help him or make him feel better or anything like that but what i can do is i can give him a hug and i can sit there and i can just listen to him and that's so that's what i've done you know i've just tried to be there as much as i can i've just tried to show up as much as i can because i feel that's all you can do um sometimes you can't fix situations and i think as human beings and especially if it's a loved one right we want to fix it like we want to fix it we want to make it better for them because they're in pain and we want to help them but sometimes we just can't you know sometimes we can sometimes we can do things sometimes we can listen we can open and ask open-ended questions to be able to help them get to a conclusion but ultimately sometimes we, we're not able to to help them but what we can do is or at least solve solve the problem for them but what we can do is we can help them and we can be there for them and so um i think it's less about what you say and i think so for people for example if someone's worried about speaking to their mate about their mate's mental health because they don't know the they don't know what to say or you know the questions to ask so then they don't say anything that's probably like the worst thing you could do right like even if you just asked like are you all right and then just listened you know and maybe it might be a case that you have to ask if you if they're all right a couple of times you know or you know if you can see they're if you see they're not okay and they're saying like yeah i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine you're like are you are you sure like sorry to push like obviously you know if you're if you're not feeling you don't obviously don't need to speak about anything but um but just let you know i'm here for a chat if you need and just opening that conversation up and knowing that they're not alone um can sometimes do absolute wonders because when people don't feel judged and they feel like they're in a safe space, hence why therapy is such a beautiful thing. When people are in a safe space and they feel like they're in a safe space, they, they feel comfortable to open up. And when you open up, you ease the load off your shoulders. You know, you take the load off your shoulders. You don't feel so heavy and you don't feel like you have a million and one things running around your head anymore. And you ultimately feel so much better for it. So being able to just open up those conversations um, is is such an important thing. And I don't think anyone should be scared about having those conversations or asking their mate if they're okay, you know, um, because it's, it's okay. You know, just ask them how they're doing and just listen. You know, you don't have to have the solution. Um, sometimes just listening is, is enough. That was, that was incredibly, incredibly said. Um, and I think if, more men can do that if they can sometimes maybe it's swallow their ego i don't know what the right phrase is and just give their mate a hug and hold the space for them and go i don't know i don't know what the right thing to say is but i'm here for you and you can say whatever you want to me and i will just listen and i'm not going to try and give you advice um i'm just going to be here for you and i love you mate and i think that would do a lot of things for a lot of people to know that they've got their friends to um, even if it's just sit there in silence and watch TV, knowing that um, if they can speak to their mate, they can, and you're and you're holding that space for them. Yeah, completely, completely. It's just it's just listening. It's just being there for each other, you know. 
Um, and sometimes, sometimes that is all people want. Maybe they don't want to talk about it. Maybe they just want to sit in your company and just know that you're there. You know, sometimes that's enough. Um, you know, there's everyone handles it differently. Um, so, and that's okay. It's just more of a case of showing up for people and being there for people. Um, and of course, being there for yourself as well, you know, looking after yourself and making sure you're okay too. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on, Byron. That was um, that was amazing. I uh, loved, loved chatting to you and thank you for being so honest and, um, and vulnerable there. Yeah, no, no worries at all. Thanks so much for having me on. Loved it. That was a great chat. Um, I want to set you a challenge. Pick the person in your phone book you think is feeling the most down right now or someone who hasn't turned up to a social event recently and just ask them how they're doing. You may have to ask a couple times, but ask them how they're really doing. Because um, chances are, even if they don't want to open up, they'll have really appreciated you reaching out to them. Thank you.